Second down on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko, my favorite person with the longest intros to stories of all time. I just I have to explain what's happening because if <laughs> I just if I just tell you the thing, like then you're not gonna understand it. So it I said I love it. You give a three episode intro into the story that you're about to tell every single time you're about to tell it, and I love it. Yeah. It's one of your yep. character traits that I love. I see I didn't call it a character flaw. Right. It's a right, character sure. trait. One of my character flaws that you hate is surprise quizzes. Uh, I mean, I don't hate them. They usually end up being fun. Pop quizzes. Okay. We have one for you here today. Like right now? Right meow. Okay. Off the top. <laughs> right meow. Yeah. Off the top. We are going to talk more about the golf tour because of PGA within about 30 minutes of those guys announcing that they're joining uh, the Live Golf Tour announced that they are all completely suspended from the PGA and will not be able uh, to play on PGA Tour events even under a sponsor exemption. Uh, there's been some quotes from some active PGA Tour members as well. So we got we got a lot to get to on the show today. Uh, we're going to get you some lines in terms of postseason awards for the NFL. See who PJ Zuko would put his fictional Monopoly money on as we head towards the NFL season. So we're going to dive into all of that, but we start the show today with a quiz. And I'm curious to see how PJ does here. Now, all right, I'm not ready. Let's go. The barometer I feel for a successful season in college football relatively is we'll say eight wins. You go eight and four. It might, might hurt a little bit, but you're not bad, right? I think for a good season, the barometer is 10 wins. Double digits, that's a really good season. One you can look back on and say, hey, we let a couple of games slip, but we went out and got 10 wins. Agree so on this, on this scale, good is better than successful. Yeah, I mean, like, successful is just, I guess, the definition of not... Not failing. Be- better than neutral. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, I'm fine with that, yeah. Okay. And, like, like a good season, like, okay, hey, that's, that's yeah, pretty... Yeah, like, really solid. Pretty yeah. dang good, 10 Yeah, wins. really good. Yeah. Now, for certain programs, 10 wins is like... Phew, that's a great season. Well, that's the only all, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. all it's, it's all, all relative. relative. Yeah, but I think when we're talking about like really good season, ten wins is about minimum for where you go. Yeah. Anything else after that's kind of forgettable. So I have a list in front of me of the last ten win season for every SEC team. Now I think this should be a fun exercise because as I put this together and went and researched, and there's a someone tweeted about it, which kind of gave me the idea, but. Wanted to go back and kind of be like, okay, what was happening with these, and what were the, what was the team like around these, and was it like a random pop up? Some of the history. So I think it should be a fun exercise, and kind of tell you who are some of the teams that are going to change that this year. So let's start off the top. Look, the easy one, right? So I say Alabama. You say yeah, last year, which was don't don't ask me that. Twenty twenty one. There we go. Then I say <laughs> what year are we in? Yeah, yeah, and so we can say Georgia. Yeah, 2021. 2021, right. Yeah. I said Arkansas. Um, Man, when was the uh, – so you have all those. Uh, I'd say – Was wait. What? Did they win 10 last year? I don't know if they won 10. Oh, man, this is – that's actually pretty good because I – Automatically went back to like Ryan Mallett. We had those those solid uh-huh. wide receivers around him. I think that was the last time before. 
Uh, man, did they beat Penn State in the bowl game to get to 10 wins? I think they did. I'll say last year. You're close. They got to nine they wins. They got to nine with that? Nine Dang wins it. in 2021. Okay, but so you also, my second guess would be like 2011. Nailed it. 2011 Dang. Arkansas with Ryan Mallett yeah. was the last time they won 10 games. Uh, and I think this year is going to hurt because I think they might be better, I, but at the same time, I think they might regress. I think yeah, it might be 8-4. It's, right? yeah. it's just that that schedule is brutal. I saw somebody make yep. the joke that no matter what the SEC does in terms of framing the schedule, Arkansas is still going to have the most difficult schedule in the country. It's true. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> uh, let's go Auburn. Let's go in alphabetical order here. We got Alabama, Georgia out of the way because we know that's easy. Yeah. Um, man. Uh, was it? It wasn't that. They, they, had to, they had to have had a couple after that um i don't know i'm just i don't even know i'm so like angry with myself right now i don't like going back through all to, the years to, yeah i'm trying to and they it's meet, just auburn's it gets, one of the harder ones because they're mediocre lost. and then they're amazing and then they're right? mediocre and then, and then they're years, amazing you feel like they have 10 wins and it's actually they had like eight you yeah. know um and that's kind of where I'm at with like a couple years ago. I think they had some exciting games. Is Auburn the Tennessee Titan? With like Bo Nix a few years ago, but I don't know if they got to 10. So I'd just say 20, 2013. Uh, see how soon we forget. I went, I went back to How far. soon we forget. 2017 played Georgia in the SEC Championship. And the that's two, week, true. two weeks prior Stidham. to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two weeks prior to that and carry on Johnson. And. Uh, the two games prior to that beat Georgia and Alabama back-to-back weeks and then had to play Georgia again. Right. Yeah. And, and like you said, two years prior to that, they were in the SEC championship game yep. again against – who was that against? Was that against one of those years that they were playing like Missouri I can't answer that because it might ruin a future question. Okay. What about no the problem. Florida Gators? Um, oh, oh, real quick. Uh, yeah. well, real quick, though. Auburn – not getting over ten wins. It's gonna say two thousand. It's gonna say two thousand seventeen at least for this next year. They're not getting over ten wins. Yeah, no, for sure. Florida, for sure. Uh, Florida. I would say. Oh. Oh. Well, because this is the thing. Because they were really good with. Um. Nah, now I'm forgetting Kyle his Trask, name. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, yeah, yeah. Tony. They were really good, but that was the COVID year, right? Mm. So did they even play ten games? They did. I, I can answer that question. They played more than 10 games. I don't know if they had 10 wins, though. Oh, man. That's uh that's tough. Uh, goodness gracious. I'll just go with that because I feel like 2020. I'll go with 2020. They went 8-4 and four in wow. 2020. Yeah. But lost, what, their last? Was they did their lose last their, their last few games, yeah. Uh, Got that's, upset. That's true. Was it the last four? They got upset by LSU. LSU. They lost to Alabama in the, the SEC, SEC championship. championship game, and then they, they lost got again. smoked by Oklahoma, I believe, yeah. in the Cotton Bowl. And that was the famous, like, well, that's three. What none of our real one? guys are playing this year. Oh, yeah. So our, our real team played their last game yeah, back in Atlanta. Or this, this week. Um, did they lose to Georgia that year? Did they? they win no, that they game? smoked Georgia. That's when they put up like 40 points yeah, in the first half. Yeah, it was half. like 14 to nothing, and then they came storming back and. Blanked Georgia the rest of the way, basically. But no, um, to answer the question, uh, the true. last time Florida won 10 games was the year prior, 2019, when they went to the Orange Bowl and beat Virginia. 
Didn't go to the SEC championship. Who's the quarterback there? Was that? Uh, that was Trask, I believe. Oh, really? Or Emory Jones, one of the two. Uh, oh, they lost. Huh. Oh, that's right. Texas A&M, three games into the season in 2020. Yeah, that's insanely forgettable. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> uh, I still remember that one. Texas A&M, a lot of post routes uh, in that game. All right, carrying on. Do you, Okay, so do you think Florida gets over 10 wins, or does it stay at 2,000? This year, uh, no, no. I think it stays there for this year right. at least. What like about the Kentucky Wildcats? When's the last time they got ten wins? That is a very good question. Um, I don't think it was very recent. I can't imagine they didn't get to ten wins with. It's crazy. It's like every year that these teams are close to getting to ten wins. In my head, they beat Penn State in a bowl game. It's making me mad. This honestly. is why I did the whole thing. Like Arkansas, like Kentucky that year with Benny Snell. And they beat Penn State in the Citrus Bowl. This is, this is why I did the whole thing right here, so PJ would just be and in pain. Now I can't remember if that was for 10 wins or not. I don't think it was. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's there's no way it was last year. Oh, there certainly there's, is a way. Did they win 10 they games last year? absolutely did win 10 games Holy last year. Cow. Kentucky thought, Wildcats. See, I got them in Arkansas mixed up, I guess. I thought like I thought Arkansas got to 10, Kentucky didn't but I had it reversed in my mind. So they had a pretty manageable schedule last year and upset Florida, which I don't even know if it was an upset because Florida was kind of okay last year, but yeah. technically upset Florida last year. And then I think they started season 7-0, and lost three in a row, and then finished up the season getting to 10 wins, including a bowl win over Iowa. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, no, Kentucky Wildcats don't, know that they get back there this year, but still, one of the more recent teams in SEC history to get that 10-win mark. What about LSU? That's crazy. Um, LSU 2019, right? Yep. I mean, that's that's yeah. easy. Well, the last couple of years, they've just... They it. might be a sleeper to get there this that year with Brian Kelly. No, I agree. I agree. I, I would say that the more this goes on and just everything goes on throughout the year, the more I'm like... Everyone's looking at Alabama and Texas A&M and excited for that game and whatever. Yeah. I can't wait to see what LSU does because uh, I think the, the longer this goes on, the more people Brian Kelly gets. Like, he he recruited – he got – that all dancing aside, whatever, he got to LSU and he recruited his behind off. Tail off. Yeah, to, to get some, some graduate transfers, transfers in there and things like that. He rubbed his tail on stuff I mean, too. He did, like, sadly. But fruits. for the on-the-field product, I think they actually might be the biggest threat. To Alabama, not Texas A&M. Anyway. Find yeah. that fascinating. Uh, Mississippi State. Um, it definitely had to be. I, yeah, there's no. It had to be one of the one of the Prescott years. So the uh, easiest way to remember this one is Mississippi State forever and ever will always be the, the first ever number one overall team in the college football playoff ranking. Yeah, so it's 2014. 2014. And what's, what's amazing yep. about that was is that's not only the successful thing for Mississippi State. Everyone forgets, too. Well, they might not forget. I don't know. The polls actually opened up. Mississippi State number one, Ole Miss number two. Yes, sir. Chad Kelly. Amazing. Swag Kelly. Uh, speaking of, years Ole, in college speaking of Ole Miss, when was the last time they had 10 wins? Was it 2014 as well? No. Was it? Because Chad Kelly was after Bo Wallace? Or was it Bo Wallace in 2014? I think it was Bo, yeah, Wallace, Bo Wallace and then Chad Kelly. Al- yeah, Bo Wallace upset Alabama. Right. Uh, so I'd say I think they had a little 
a little bit more staying power than Mississippi State did once Mississippi State, once Dak Prescott moved on. Yep. Uh, so I'd say 2015 for Mississippi for Ole Miss. No, how about last year? Wow. Yeah. Uh, Lost in all of the fourth and ones that didn't happen in Tuscaloosa. They got to 10 wins. Huh? They got to 10 wins, actually before the bowl game. Yeah, that's crazy. They're one of those teams that, like, when they lost their games, I just kind of forgot about them because I just – it's like you build so much now for the college yeah. football playoff, and you're looking at those teams that could make it and everything, and when you know a team's not going to make it in the college football playoff, sometimes you just kind of – Forget about them. Well, after out. they lost, that was kind of one of like the, the inexcusable loss to Auburn. Yeah, kind of think is what did them in in terms of everybody paying attention to them. But I mean, last year they beat Louisville, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, Liberty, which wasn't a terrible team, yeah. Texas A and M, Vanderbilt, and Mississippi State. That's not a bad resume last year. They did year. get that crazy win over Tennessee, too. No, I'm, yeah. yeah golf ball's getting thrown at Lane Kiffin. Right. So, you think they get about a 10 this year? Uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a 50-50 shot because you have, you know, so many new, like, new guys coming in that they have to mesh well. And if they don't mesh well, then that's it. So, I don't know. I think that's 50-50 call. If I had to guess, I would probably say no. All right, let's power through these next couple because I think the answer to both of these is going to be no. Missouri. Well, I mean, the final answer is going to be no, but I still have to guess the years. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's power through these real quick. We don't really have to talk about them because the answer is going to be no. Missouri, I feel like, was like, it was somewhere in there. Mm. Was the college football playoff around then? 2013. Uh. A really good guess. Uh, last time they had 10 wins was 2014. They went to back-to-back SEC championship games, 2013, 2014, and 14. with James Franklin as their quarterback. Uh, South Carolina. Uh, 2011? 2013. 2011 is a good guess as well, though, because 2011, 2012, 2013, South Carolina had 11 wins. Yeah. Each of those years with old Spurrier at the helm there. It's been almost a decade since the Gamecocks. Uh, have had double-digit wins. What about Texas A&M? Yeah, see, this is a tough one because just another one of those teams that it. This always... is why I think Texas A&M might be the most overrated. Yeah, because they've had the so country. much hype in, in the past. Think about it. The last, like, like, maybe five maybe years, them or their NCAA rival Texas. And I don't think any. I don't think any of those five years they got to ten wins. Um. Uh, was it back when they had? I think I'll say 2012 with Johnny 2012 Manziel. is exactly correct. Yeah. Yep, 2012 with Johnny Football. Last time they got got a Cotton Bowl win as well, and then I think what Johnny Manziel finished out his career in Atlanta playing Duke. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The Heisman winner against how, how, Duke. Yeah, how the mighty fall. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is really why I did this entire thing. Tennessee. <laughs> uh, the last time the Vols, you got to bring them down to pay because their baseball team's so damn good right now. <laughs> so so true. And uh, think about it. Over the past six months, we've had nothing but good things to say about them. I know. We gotta, um, you know, check that ego for Tennessee something. a little bit. Man, I can't remember a ten win season for. It was it in the nineties. No, I mean they've they've had some good years. I guess uh, in they the early two thousands um, with Philip Fulmer. They had Philip Fulmer. Did they ever win? Man, now I'm forgetting his name. 
I can see him. He was a backup for the Steelers for a Josh little bit Dobbs. at quarterback. Yeah, Josh Dobbs. I don't think they ever won ten. Josh Dobbs never got to ten. He got him. close. He got to nine. Uh. So yeah, I don't know. Like two thousand three, two thousand seven, with Eric Berry was the last time. Was Eric Berry? Yeah, the team? Tennessee Volunteers. Dang. PJ, that's rough. That's a long time. Yeah. No, but think about some of the names that are on there. Some of the teams, Kentucky, last year. Yeah. Ole Miss, last year. Missouri, the last time they did it was seven years after the last time Tennessee did it. And that was still almost 10 years ago. Correct. At this point, yeah. Like, there's kids in high school who have never seen Tennessee have a 10-win season. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Honestly, like, since I can recollect college football, like, I, I understand they were great when I was super young, but, like, I really got into college football when it like, 2003, 2004 – so me hearing all these things about Tennessee being this great program and always in championship games and things like that, it's all a not even a blip on my radar. You know, I've never seen it. Well, their, really. gold, their, their golden years were with Peyton Manning and T. Martin. So. Yeah, for, yeah, forever ago. One is like an ambassador for the Broncos now and one's a coordinator. So you, yeah. got, you got all that going for you. All right, final one. This one's fun. Vanderbilt. Last time they got 10 wins. This is fun because this is what is crazy. Is The first thing that comes to my mind is like the James Franklin years. Naturally, because he kind of parlayed that into what he has now, and even Ooh, quickly, with that, going back though to say something. Right now, I'm going to say no. I don't think Tennessee gets a ten. Yeah, no. Uh, re- okay. Um, they would get a nine. I'd love to talk you about that Al- more during the break. You have Alabama and Georgia on your schedule That's, to start with. Yeah. And then you, you have. You think they're going to lose another and crazy then, one? And then you have to go undefeated inside of that as well. That's I don't know. I think they're better than everyone else. But then again, yeah, but that's they, like that's like being on your game every week. They lose a weird week. game. Yeah. yeah, that's being on your game every week. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, again, what's crazy about Franklin and and the respect he gained from that is I don't even think they got to ten wins with Vanderbilt those years. I think what was so impressive is they were competitive and they got to like nine. They got to nine um, wins two years in a row, 2012 so and like, 2013. But Vanderbilt, look, one of the original founding fathers of the SEC. Yeah, man. I don't know. Was it like the 80s? It's never. <laughs> Our sweet, sweet Vanderbilt Commodores have never gotten a double-digit wins. Maybe Dang, Clark Lee man. will be Dang. the guy to lead his alma mater. That's insane. But that makes sense. That's the crazy thing about a college a football team. Season. Like, yeah, that's the insane thing is that makes sense for a college football team. That's 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 wild. Like, just not even a blip. Like they had a blip, but it was two years of nine wins. I think you can describe Vanderbilt as a blip. I think that's probably the best way to discuss it. But hey, Tennessee, just like Vanderbilt, you got really good baseball, so you have that going for you. So true. Let's take a quick break. We're gonna get you some of these NFL postseason awards before the season even starts. Some predictions on who we think will be holding those trophies at the end of the year. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. We'll be back after this. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. That is a really difficult song to find a spot to jump in at. Like that's one of those ones you might just have to like go all the way through. Yeah, that's a, that's understandable. Yeah, because I mean, it just can't. Once it starts, it just keeps going. There's there's no breathing and that's all one of the best scenes from the simpsons is this song playing in homer singing along very happily and just getting every single word wrong because <laughs> that's what we all do man so, yeah so relatable yeah uh I, Insanely I, true. I would tease this in the last segment we're gonna get pj zuko's expert opinion so DraftKings has updated its postseason awards 
the odds for the NFL coming up for the 2022 season. Obviously, the MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Depoy, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. So I'm going to give PJ Zuko some odds here. And you can either go one of two ways. Which one you think is absolutely going to hit or what you see as the best value for one of these. Okay. Or if you were putting your fictional money on it. Gotcha. So right now, this is just Monopoly money. Yeah, right. Right? Right now, according to DraftKings, Josh Allen is your odds-on favorite to be the MVP of the NFL. The entire NFL. Of the entire NFL. Last year, came within a breath of taking out the Chiefs. Right. True. And an, an amazing game. That was just a euphoric time in football. Rams, Buccaneers. Yeah. All that, just outstanding football. So Josh Allen. For sure. With Diggs, right? Has, look, James Cook's up there now. Really good defense, but an an outstanding offense around him. Is the favorite at plus 700. Surprising absolutely no one. The recently unretired Tom Brady, plus 800. Second overall. You get Patrick Mahomes at plus 900. Justin Herbert at plus 1,000. Uh, also, Aaron Rodgers there as well. Joe Burrow is plus 1,200. Russell Wilson plus 1,400. Matt Stafford plus 1,500 are your top eight. Is Aaron Rodgers just there because like, he has to be? I mean... They know who he's got up there, right? That would be three years in a row, right? Yeah, but like they, they know Devontae Adams left. I just, I don't, I just, I don't know. Um, I feel like he's on the list because he has... Because if I'm being real, like, although... I respect the hell out of Aaron Rodgers. That's that's not who comes to mind when I start thinking about NFL MVP. But uh, a couple of former MVPs on there as well. Lamar Jackson is at plus two thousand. Matt Ryan's at plus four thousand. Matt Ryan has the same odds as Tua. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of wild. Uh, I would say I I wouldn't go with Josh Allen. Actually, uh, I I think. He's kind of developed into the surefire guy that kind of everyone's expecting to do something like that and just be insanely unstoppable this year, and that's understandable. He, he, as the season went on last year, he really came into his own here in the NFL. I think he's he's one of those guys now for sure. But I wouldn't put my money on that. I think honestly, the the best value there you start moving down the list is probably like a, a Joe Burrow. Or wow, maybe even uh, Matt Stafford, because yeah, I, mean, I was looking at Matt Stafford too. A lot of people forget, and uh, it is what it is. You can call it what you want to. Yes, OBJ got hurt in the Super Bowl there, and who knows where he's playing next year? You know when he plays. But then they went out and signed Allen Robinson from the Chicago Bears, who obviously has played with struggling quarterbacks his whole career and has a very a lot in his tool set. So. Yeah. And obviously, other than that, has has a Cooper Cup just got an extension? Like, I think Matt Stafford or Joe Burrow probably your best values on there. I would not go with Josh Allen. I like that. Uh, I in terms of value, I see something that you could put down and feel like I can get the most return. Now, obviously, it gets a little bit risky, right? Josh yeah. Allen. I wouldn't even say Josh Allen's the safest pick. I'd say Tom Brady is the safest pick at plus eight hundred. But in terms of value, there's a couple of different guys I'm looking at. 
I'm going to say Matt Ryan. Yeah. Because of that number. People have given up on him, but he was playing on a shell of a team. And not hell, shell of a team in Atlanta. A little bit of both. And Indianapolis looked like one of the best teams at the end of the regular season last year. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, a lot of weapons up there, too. Obviously, right. I like mean, his, he, Matt Ryan can turn around and hand it to Jonathan Taylor for a lot <laughs> yeah. of the year, but also can hit some play action up there. He's in, back in a dome. So I'll put Matt Ryan just as value. Yeah. Uh, the first non-quarterback listed on here is Derrick Henry at plus 5,000. I don't see that as overly realistic uh, for an MVP, but I'll put Russell Wilson down as well. I like that. I like that. And I think for, for all three of those guys that you just mentioned, for Russell Wilson. if this is a year that they go with the truly the most valuable player by definition instead of just the best player with the best stats, then all three of those guys have that storyline as well. Matt Ryan kind of doing the um, – kind of doing, trying to, to recall kind of what Matt Stafford did, right? Getting yeah. out of a, a situation that was terrible for him and possibly going into a much better one. No, with, not with, possibly. Well, I mean, going into a situation that's much better for him with a ton of weapons around him. And then you also have Russell Wilson doing the same thing or trying to do the same thing. And Derrick Henry, which again, if we're going by most valuable player, it probably has been for the past four or five years. Because he's like the only reason the Titans are in a conversation for making the playoffs. It's it's Derrick Henry and everybody else. Like Ryan Tannehill is not getting you there. He's not the reason you're there. So yeah, I think those three guys kind of have are would be safe picks and kind of have a similar storyline as well. So all right, let's go NFL Offensive Player of the Year here. Cooper Cup obviously won it last year. Typically not a quarterback award or one that's just like dominated by quarterbacks, right? You have the MVP, which typically is dominated by quarterbacks for the last few years. Cooper Cup won it. Uh, Derrick Henry won it the year before that. Michael Thomas. And then Patrick Mahomes won it in 2018. So I shouldn't say not a quarterback award, but one where the quarterback doesn't get overvalued here, right? Outstanding yeah. seasons from other players can get them awards, right? Yeah, it seems like the one that, that... The MVP and the Heisman Trophy have become yeah. quarterback awards where every now and then you get somebody else sneaking in there. But that being said, non-quarterback that you would feel the most comfortable saying this guy's going to win offensive player of the year. No odds here or anything like that. No, I just want I just want your pick. Okay. Um You know, I think this guy and this kind of piggybacks off my first comments there about quarterbacks. I think he kind of takes the next step here at the wide receiver position. Jamar Chase. That would be a really good value pick cuz Jamar Chase is at plus 3500. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I think he's just going to get better and better. Um, you know, if if not him, maybe Devontae Adams. I like that. You know, if he just goes with Derek Carr, they already have a really solid connection from college, So Cooper obviously. Cup is your odds on. Makes sense. To repeat, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Cooper Cup's plus 800, Jonathan Taylor's plus 850. I think someone to watch out for are two, two running backs. Yeah. Dalvin Cook in Minnesota, because the new staff up there has done nothing but say, this guy's freaky. What the hell were they doing with him? And he was already having good seasons. He did. He right? just he has to stay yeah. on the field. But That's they're the but they're thing. just like, hey, we're gonna get him the ball however we can yeah. from the wide receiver position, from the running back position, kick returner. However we can put the ball in Dalvin Cook's hands, we're going to do that. And so I'm like, all right, that scares that, me for him. I, I like uh, I, I like that. And then Nick Chubb. Yeah, I'd say watch out for Nick Chubb as well because for my money, I know everybody loves Derrick Henry. For my money, that dude's the best running back in the NFL. Right. 
Jonathan Taylor's been really good. I I'll take I'll take Nick Chubb. Yeah, understandable. Is he is he playing for the Browns, and is that maybe a little bit of a detriment to him? Probably. I mean, we'll see. But with an uncertain quarterback situation, you don't know yeah. if Deshaun Watson's going to be there. Who knows what 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 the hell is going on with Baker Mayfield right, right. now? Too just, like that most might be like the mo- most reluctant starter week one of of all time is Baker Mayfield. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even gonna. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you four choices for defensive player of the year. Okay. And you pick. Option sure. A, Miles Garrett. Option B, Aaron Donald. Option C, TJ Watt. D, Micah Parsons. And I sure I I wish I could go with two of the latter guys there, TJ Watt and, and Micah Parsons. But I think as long as Aaron Donald, I always do this, man. As long as Aaron Donald is on the field, he's going to win this award, and he should. Um, so I, unless somehow he regresses, uh, it's it's going to be him. Uh, if if I had to make a pick other than him, I would go with T.J. Watt. That, that T.J. Watt's been a monster and is just getting better. But uh, Aaron Donald, yeah. And then quickly here uh, before we go to break, I wanted I did want to look at offensive rookie of the year. Kenny Pickett's the odds-on favorite to win offensive rookie of the year because he's probably going to start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe I think a guy know. to watch out for is Drake London with the Falcons. Simply because that dude is going to get 100 targets. True. So end of the year, he could have something like 60 receptions, 1,000 yards, a few touchdowns in there as well. You do that as a rookie. Yeah. You're going to get some recognition. Even in like, yeah. Even on a bad team, PJ, you could say it. Well, then even in unconsequential times, like if you you look down at the stats and he's going off and it's still 35 to 17. Hey. Well, he's he's going off. So, I I get that. That's I think that's a that's a good thing to look out for. Yards are still yards, no matter how many think, points you're down. I think it's silly to put Kenny Pickett in that conversation already. Well, he is the odds-on favorite at plus five hundred. I think that's silly, but it is. Well, you bring it up. I think that's Draft- Vegas trying to get people's. Well, it's DraftKings. You bring it up with DraftKings. My I apologize. Yeah, they're 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 getting some money. So PJ rocking with who for the MVP? The MVP? Um. I'll go with Burrow. I'll go with Joe Burrow. Joey Burrow and Jamar Chase to take offensive player of the year. So you're saying like the Rams luck is moving over to Cincinnati this year. No, I just, I, I mean, I like what Cincinnati has. I think they're, they're, I don't think they're going I think anywhere. Jamar Chase could be the best receiver in the league. Yeah. I don't think this is a one year thing, but I also think that way about, about the Rams too. Like that's why I said Matthew Stafford, like I think at the end, I don't know if they'll meet in the Super Bowl again, but I think if you're talking about like the end of the year, yeah. I think the Rams and the Bengals are right where they were or even better than they were last year. And I think you're talking about Matt Stafford versus Joe Burrow for the MVP. Like, because I think both of them have the weapons around them and the skill set, the ability to be able to do that. So especially now with Matt Stafford not only having Cooper Cup, yeah, you, you, you possibly lose OBJ, but Allen Robinson's a freak. Like he, He's going to go crazy this year, in my personal opinion. So we'll see. PJ had to get the Penn State in there for you. Let's take a quick break. We'll come is. back with more right here on Second Down. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Two different locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. Christian Gokel alongside Cincinnati Bengals fan, super fan, yeah. PJ Zuko. Stop it. 
Wait, you're already doubting your guy, Kenny Pickett? <clears throat> only super fans of their uniforms. You're only you're already doubting your man, Kenny Pickett? I'm not doubting him. I just I think it's dangerous to put him in there too early. Um, dangerous. Yeah, no, I don't I don't I don't wanna see that's why I was a little nervous with getting him there at twenty, um, or, or getting him there in the first place. And just I I don't know. I, I think he needs some time to develop. And I think we're walking into a situation where the Steelers start Trubisky for a little bit, and even if they lose and it's not his fault, they're going to be forced by the fans to put in Kenny Pickett way too early, and it's just it's going to go one way or the other, and I think it has a, a bad possibility of going the wrong way. So I, like, I, I respect this game, but I just want to see him develop a little bit and get, have him some time, give him some time. But Let's flip that down to the Falcons, that same prognosis from P.J. about rookie quarterbacks. Okay. And that same vein, what do you think is more beneficial to the Atlanta Falcons this year? Riding with Marcus Mariota and trying to scratch and claw out three, four, five wins this year. Or a few games into the season, once he has some practices under his belt, throwing Desmond Ritter out there and seeing what he can do. Um, uh, Because you're talking about protecting Kenny Pickett Understand he's a first-round pick, and so there's a little bit more tied to it. But Desmond Ritter is a guy who had a first-round grade by a lot of people. Falcons get him in the third. I think the only reason I would want to see Desmond Ritter this year, this whole year, is if the Falcons are already like three and ten. And you put him in there late in the year to see. Uh, yeah, you're waiting that long. Late in the year to you're see what he can long. do. Yes. What happens yeah. if you start like Owen? Because I think four. he needs time. I mean, that's that's why he didn't go in the first round. That's why he wasn't one of my quarterbacks. I, I was, you know, we were talking about, or I was talking about before the draft even happened. Uh, I think you got a very good value pick for Desmond Ritter, but he needs time. Uh, I, he he showed flashes of being a really solid quarterback at Cincinnati. But there was also times where he completely disappeared. And maybe that was the offensive line. Maybe it wasn't. But... Okay, your first... I just... I think you want to see a flash of him because you you want to see what he can do before next year's draft. Right? Your first seven games of the year are versus the Saints at the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams at the Seahawks versus the Browns at the Buccaneers versus the 49ers and at the Bengals. Yeah, you're playing no. both Super Bowl teams yeah. in that first seven games. You're playing Tom Brady. You're playing a couple, uh, or you're playing the Saints. And then the Browns with, you don't know who at quarterback, but still a better roster than you have. Solid roster. Like yeah. Nick Chubb being handed the ball by anyone yep. is going to eviscerate your defense. And you're not going to be able to block Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. So there's a distinct possibility the Falcons start the season 0-7 before hosting the Panthers. Yep. And even that one's a coin flip game. Yeah, for sure. At at that point, why are you still putting Marcus Mariota in the game? Because I don't think Desmond Ritter's ready. But are you still protecting a third <laughs> round pick? I guess is my point. Because if you are that bad, you're zero and seven, or say you squeak one out, and you're one and six. What's the value in keeping Marcus Mariota in there if at the end of the year, and protecting Desmond Ritter at the end of the year in that draft, you're planning on taking a quarterback? Why are you protecting Desmond Ritter versus giving him games to see if, hey, maybe we do have something? Uh, you didn't protect Matt Ryan. You threw his ass right in there. Yeah, And he sure. threw a touchdown pass on his first ever 
I mean, that's that's fine. Now, am I going to say you're going to strike lightning like Matt Ryan, where you draft a Hall of Fame quarterback again? Exactly. Probably not. But Probably I'm saying, not. I I don't I don't know. I think still, even at that point, like you don't. It depends on, and again, is from the outside looking in. Like I I can't tell you exactly how many weeks or years I think Desmond Ritter needs to be an NFL quarterback. Like, I, I can't tell you that. But then again, I think six or seven weeks is, is probably a bit too fast. I just – and sure, if, you, if saying, you throw him to the Wolves and he, he plays really bad, then sure, you, you got your time out of him and you were – you know, then you move on and, and you, you take on your quarterback there in the first round of next year's draft. But I, I guess at that point, you know, it, it, is, it is a business and it is what it is. But you're not – you're not setting him for uh, up for success at all, which I think in the long term, if you do, which uh, if you wait more, if you let him develop a little bit more, then I think you could be setting him up for success and your program up for success. Or, you know, it's the other risk you take, and you don't start him for a while. You start him for two games, two or three games at the end of the year. He's really good. And then you're like, oh, man, let's ride with him. I understand that could be the other possibility too. And then next year you start him and he's trash. You're right, a, so like it, it'll, it would make it an interesting question if Desmond Ritter comes in the last five games of the year and he's pretty damn good, and you have a top three pick, and it's down to a quarterback or Will Anderson. Yeah, I mean, you go with Will Anderson at that a, point. I think, I think but like question. I think five games is a whole lot different than ten, um, especially just, with ten. Like again, like Carolina Panthers, that's a really I know that's yeah. a bad team overall, but that's a really solid defense. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say more than a bad team. I'd say it's a bad quarterback room, but that's a good team. Yeah. Their defensive line's good. Their linebackers are good. Their secondary is good. They have a pretty dang good offensive line. They still have Christian McCaffrey as of right now. Like, that's a good team. Mm -hmm. Robbie Anderson's better than any receiver the Falcons have. Like, the Panthers ain't terrible. No. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I think at that point you don't throw them in there. If, If you play a New York Jets... Or something like that. Like oh, I'm not no, looking this at the season schedule, is, but no, this season is brutal. So after you get to the Panthers, you go Chargers at Panthers. The Bears might be the worst team on your schedule. Uh, at the Washington Commanders, Steelers, Saints, Ravens, Cardinals, Buccaneers. That's a brutal schedule. Yeah, maybe you throw them in. I would try. If the Falcons are insanely terrible. By this point, you throw him in against the Bears. If he has a productive outing, then you move on throughout. You move on throughout the rest of the season with him. I think that's your window. So I, you I'm not trying to throw him in yeah. against you know a top five defense, which <laughs> it's impossible for that to happen. But like, there's there's a ton of incredible yeah. defenses on that. The most that Falcons list. thing that so. can happen is Desmond Ritter comes in and he's just good enough to win you like a few enough games <laughs> yeah. down the stretch to Put keep you out in. of the Bryce yeah. Young or C.J. Stroud sweepstakes. That's the most Falcons thing possible that could happen. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get you ready for three and out next right here on ESPN Radio. PJ. Good, sir. Georgia won a national championship. The Braves won a World Series. Mm-hmm. As Kevin Thomas would say, ain't no curses. Are we past jinxes at this point? Just all can jinxes I just, can I just Can I just prognosticate at this point <clears throat> without the worry of jinxing the Braves? No. Well, that ruins this whole segment. <laughs> no, no, you can't. Okay, then I'm just going to go about this a different way. I'm just going to point out the Braves start a four-game set against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Great. The lowly Pittsburgh, PJ's Pittsburgh Pirates. Stop it. Uh, tonight, Never. Max Fried's on the mound. The Braves currently sit seven games 
seven and a half games, seven and a half games behind the New York Metropolitans, who are off tonight before starting a three-game set at the Los Angeles Angels, who, to get very B.J. Bennett on you, have lost 12 games in a row. Mm -hmm. So they're due. Sure. The Braves are playing a really terrible team coming up in the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Braves are one of the hottest teams in baseball. I'm not saying anything. I'm just putting facts out there. Good. The Braves started the month ten and a half games behind the New York Mets. Currently said seven and a half games. Could be seven by the end of this Can't wait this to see evening. how this plays out. Three and out. We'll catch you up on it next right here on ESPN Radio.